Yo, hey, it's Ronnie Man. Alright, today I want to talk about learning. And I want to talk about all the different ways and people that you can learn from. You know, I think a lot of people, they tend to, when you get into a certain niche and you start studying something, you tend to study just those people. Or you, you, know, you search for a search term like MGTOW, and then you watch MGTOW videos, and you say, oh, I love this stuff, right? But the key life is, the key is obviously study any tact, anything that you can, any like a new field or, you know, any, any anytime people have distilled knowledge down to it, like a science in some area, it's very valuable. You should always study that. But at the same time, you really, to really grow, to really be a leader, you need to do it yourself. And that what that means is, is learning from the, the sloppy sources out there, right? Real life. Uh, and I want to talk about all the things that I've learned from, and I hope this uh, gives you some ideas about you know what you can do the way you become it basically if you just want to be like everybody else right you study what everybody else is studying right now I'm not saying don't study that if you want to be a physics uh, you know if you want to work in the field of physics or whatever chemistry you need to study chemistry you need to study the standard uh, what's out there right and you should read the read the classics right and you should read the latest versions too but there's so much more and especially in something like MGTOW where you're you're really learning to be a better man, really. That's in the end. That's that's what you want to be. You want to be a better man, and uh, you want to be realistic and adjust to, you know, what the fuck is going on in real life out there, you know, so that you're not a fool, you know, so that you're not basing your decisions on faulty assumptions or on out of date stuff, right? You want to make sure that you're 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 going, you know, you're going in the right way, and you're open to ideas at the same time as as you learn. Obviously, these ideas become part of you. So in a way, they kind of like you, you become more stable or, or you, you don't change. So it's a, it's a blend, right? It's, it's how do you keep learning? How do you, you know, decide what is the right path? And then also keep a total open mind for all new information. So today I'm going to talk about all the things I've learned from. And I think you might find this episode interesting. So there's so many different things. I'm going to go just quickly, you know, uh, everything from the guy I talked about before, my mentor Don, who is not perfect by the way, uh, from an old friend Whitey, uh, from pickup artist, PUAs, I've learned a ton from PUAs, ton, and they and, and I've, I've, uh, I have a lot of friends who are PUAs, and I've learned so much from PUAs, so I gotta say, if there was one group, I would say the PUAs would be up near the top, uh, just because they're never-ending desire to improve themselves, and I've learned a ton from naturals, like real natural guys who never even heard of pickup. Uh, they died before even you know pickup was a thing, right? I'm 52, right? So I've seen I've seen like real naturals where they just like they just like man they just rolled through the girls, man. I can't tell you, it was like they rolled through the chicks, and I I watched them and I went out with them, and we went out and picked up girls together, and it was fucking amazing. I cannot tell you how awesome it is. I should do an episode on that actually. I've learned from young guys, you know, just recently got a friend watching him go out, his confidence. He's 23, and you might have heard his voice in some of these episodes, but I mean, just watching him uh, do his thing and watch him, his open-mindedness to learn, you know, that is just amazing. I love that. Young guys, you know, uh, there's there are some really amazing guys out there who can teach uh, you some things too, whatever your age is. So keep an open mind for young guys. Uh, next thing is Japanese hosts and touts for the porn industry or for hosts, uh, you know, 
Actually, I shouldn't go into it too much. Let me go back. Let me go back, and I'll just go through these one by one. But I'll just quickly say, Japanese hosts taught me a lot. People that are touting for the porn industry in Japan taught me a lot. Uh, of course, MGTOW videos have really opened my mind to different aspects of this whole thing, you know, called being a freaking man, being male, that I never thought of, you know, just never really, you know, just never, it was out of my vision, you know, and then I've learned so much from MGTOW videos, actually. I learned, obviously, from the books I really liked, like The Predatory Female, The Manipulated Man, Nice Guys Don't Get Laid. These were the books I read before MGTOW, even before PUA. I was reading those books, and they were part of my life, you know, back in the day. Acting coaches, voice coaches, how to walk. Uh, I've learned. I learned a ton when I went to a gay bar with a friend of mine who's gay. I'm going to tell you about that today. Uh, in movies, movies have classic scenes. There's so many good scenes. You see a lot of reality in in movies, and that's why people watch movies because they distill ideas down and they present them. You know, so there's this twisted character who you know is a is a minister, but he's also you know, into like whatever, gay and SNM or whatever, you know, it's because that kind of character exists. And so there maybe there's not that many, but it's like we all have that part of us that's like two sides. Right? That's why Hollywood is so amazing, right, is because they, they, they distill these characters down. We don't relate to all of them, but we relate to some of them, right? So that's what's, you know, the, 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 the guy who tortures the girl in the, in the, in the basement or, you know, the guy who uh, swims down to the bottom of the ocean. We, there's all parts of this we can relate to, right? So let's go into these uh, one by one, right? Uh, I want to talk about, uh, this is actually, now that I'm looking at it now, I'm going to talk about gay bars. This is freaking hilarious, you guys. And I cannot tell you how important this was for me. Uh, in the middle of my, I would say, um, the peak of me out boning chicks, you know, and I was really out there, uh, I had a friend uh, in Tokyo, and he came out as gay. And I used to teach him how to pick up girls, and I always wondered why he wasn't kind of getting it, you know. And then he finally came out, and I was like, it was it was really cool because I was like, oh right, no wonder, no wonder, right? You know. So I think a lot of guys get into pickup because they're they, they basically I shouldn't say a lot of guys. There's a percentage of guys who get into pickup because they're not good at picking up girls and they want to pick up girls, but the reality is that they don't want to, right? The reality is, is that they, they're they gay, right? So it's a 5%, maybe 3%, I don't know what percent of people attracted to PUAs who are actually gay. And that's, they're kind of, they come to grips with it. Well, either way, my friend did that. And we're still friends today. But either way, he said to me, he said, I always go out with you and meet girls. Like, that's what I always do. And, you know, but he said, I am not interested in girls. So why don't we do this? Uh, you know, you come out with me once. So I went out with him to... Uh, a place in, in, in Shinjuku called Nitome. And I was kind of like a little bit scared of this area. Like I, you know, like I'd never been even a little bit like interested in being gay. So it was always kind of like, that was like really weird to go with him. Like it was like an area that I lived around. I walked nearby, but I never went inside because it was just too, um, it was just too odd for me. Everybody dressed so weird. You see guys in like chaps and there was just all these things going on. And, you, you know, it just like never really like I never even walked down the street through that area. Uh, and it was it was different. It was very different. Shinjuku was very uh, Nichome was very different than like, say, the Castro district in, Shanghai, in, in, in San Francisco, which I went to back in college because you just it's a place you just go. It's like a tourist site. Nichome wasn't like that. It wasn't welcome to outsiders. It was it was a very much a closed Japanese society was very closed back then about being gay. And like that was like secret area they didn't want you coming there if you weren't gay that's for sure 
It wasn't like, hey, come on in, check it out, take pictures. You know, here's 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 the uh, the um, drag queens. It wasn't like that at all. It was it was it was it was like you're not welcome. It's a private club. So I had never been down there. So either way, that one night he took me down there, and I was just blown away by the whole all the characters that I saw. But one thing got me. One thing was really good actually, because I came into this one bar with him, right? And as I walked in, it was dark inside, right? And as I walked in, there was a guy who was over on my left. I remember. And he poked me in the side or the stomach, like just kind of poked me in the side. Nothing sexual. He just poked me. And then he and then he made a joke. And I started cracking up because it was like uh, I just wasn't ready for it because he was kind of hiding. This was his thing. Obviously, he knew what he was doing. Right. But he would you'd come in. I came in and then the boom. Next thing I poked him. I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not supposed to be laughing. You know, like I'm not supposed to be having fun here. <laughs> but That was it. That was the end of the excitement. But the thing is, what I learned from that is. I know a lot of people say that you should be physical with girls. You should touch them. You should grab their hands. You should touch their shoulders. You should show that you're not just wanting to be a friend. You know, you're interested in them as a woman, right? And so you want to do some kind of touch, whether it's shake hands, could even be a fist bump or a high five or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, putting your hips together or putting your arm around or whatever, something physical. And before that guy poked me in the side, I never understood what it feels like to be on the other side. But when he did it, it was like, whoa, I was, it was like electricity because not that I was attracted, but it was just like, it was different, right? It was very different than what I had had the whole night. Because what happened the whole night is I had been going to these bars with him and I was kind of like, like it wasn't, I wasn't really enjoying it. And like guys would like stare at me from across the bar, like with these daggers in their eyes, like, you know, just like stare at me, like it's going to melt me down I'm gonna go over to them and I I really realized what it's like to be a girl like it was like what it's like to be you know stared at and like and then also what it's like to be like joked with and poked right uh, not in a sexual way obviously but that really was interesting for me because after that I wasn't afraid about poking girls so they're just they're kind of fucking with them right messing with them right so I learned a ton from that that was a one small thing but I tell you that that is very important because I think sometimes it's one thing to know something and it's another thing to know it through another channel. So if someone has poked you, it's different and you realize, oh, okay, this is why I do this is because it gets the guys, the person's attention and it gets the, uh, it's some kind of like different, like other people are too scared to touch anybody, I guess. I guess that's what it is, you know. So if you come up to a woman and you're very nice and you have like, you're very soft and you touch her. It's like, oh, okay, this is the guy who touches me, right? Girls are just like, oh, okay, you know. Other guys, they're too scared, or they, you know, walk away, or they stand like, like, like a like a lurking Hulk near me, you know. Or I go to the movies and their 500 pound arm takes like a half an hour to get around me, you know. Whereas like, if you just like, boom, come up and just touch right away, she's like, hey, this is the guy who touches girls, like, like in a very nice way, and they they feel themselves, they feel their body, they feel their emotions, and they say, oh this feels natural like this feels good so that's that it passes their little test once you've done that then then you're like you're in a different category than somebody who hasn't done that so i learned from that i learned from acting coaches uh i had a i had a, a friend now i call him a friend he went to juilliard and he rented a room from me once and so i gotta you know hang out with him quite a bit and uh, he really taught me a lot about acting he had an acting school in hollywood and uh, he was visiting Asia for like six months. 
and it was really cool. He taught me all about voice. You know, I'm not I'm, right now. I'm not using his his techniques. Now I am more. I'm using my uh, using my diaphragm. But uh, you know what he taught me helped me with so many things, right? Uh, and actually, when I remember it, it it right now it helps my voice. It helps my posture. It helps my gesturing. Right now, you can't see me, but I'm gesturing like I wasn't before. I'm I'm more authoritative voice. I don't know if you can hear that, but I feel better. You know, I feel more confident. And that I learned that from an acting coach, uh, who was just staying in one of my rooms. And then, you know, he ended up being very friendly, and uh, I was friendly with him. We became friends. And as we went over time, uh, we he he taught me stuff and uh, about voice, about walking. Uh, he was a uh, friend of Val Kilmer. They went to school together at uh, Juilliard. So that was awesome. Uh, let's see. So the predatory female, the manipulated man. I talked about those in different episodes. Nice Guys Don't Get Laid uh, was a book I read uh, back in the early 90s. And that was another book that was kind of like, you know, frying my mind at the time. You know, what did I learn from what I learned from that was. Is that you could write that title, you know, sounds stupid, right? But to me, that was something. It's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to write it. You know, if you say if you if you, if you say something and, and, and you write it. It's you're legally responsible if you write it. It's different, right? It's completely different. And uh, so writing is, it's more serious. It's more committed, you know. And Nice Guys Don't Get Laid, when I saw that title and I read the book, I was like, man, I guess it's okay not to be a nice guy, you know. And it wasn't, I don't mean like, obviously you got to read the book to see, understand what I'm talking about. Uh, I can put a link below to, to Amazon link or something. Um, but the thing is, is that, is that that is not as what what is wanted in the market? They don't want uh, women don't want a nice guy, and and I think it's easy to jump to conclusions that everybody will just immediately say, oh, they want assholes. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, not, I'm saying they don't want nice guys. So that's just something to learn, right? Uh, fish, you know, don't eat uh, fruit salads, right? So. You know, and, uh, and and elephants cannot fly. So what do they do? You have to think about it, right? Um, so nice guys don't get laid, and that's absolutely true. Uh, they will get laid by one uh, girl who will take advantage of them. That's so. That's I guess that's a little bit untrue, uh, but uh, in general, it's a very bad strategy, right? Like the guy who jumped out of the airplane with no parachute. He landed on a tree. There was one guy who lived, jumped out of a parachute. Landed right on a branch. It was just the perfect uh, strength that he hit it so hard, but it, and it was so strong, but not too strong that it broke at just the last moment, and he hit the ground and broke his hip and I think his his legs, uh, but he lived right. But that's still not a good strategy, you know. Even though it worked, nice guys can get laid, but it doesn't mean it's a good strategy, right? It doesn't mean that you want to live your life with this as a like a as a map, right? That's not a good idea. So MGTOW, right? MGTOW videos. What did I learn from MGTOW? Uh, you know, I learned a ton. Like I was listening to uh, actually Angry MGTOW the other day, uh, who I didn't originally like, but I'm starting to like him more, listening to his videos and uh, hearing his take on the world, you know? Um, and I, I, I actually, I starting to enjoy uh, his videos. I, I, I've talked many times about Diana Davidson. I think some of her videos are really great. Uh, and they've really taught me uh, I guess it's kind of like nice guys don't get laid confidence thing. You know, Diana as a woman, she puts it out there in a way that men just don't. If you watch her best videos, they're just so powerful. She's just, 
absolutely destroys women and bad women in her videos and uh, women that aren't good just like men can be not good right she destroys women that aren't good and these women have never been destroyed before so that's the difference she's very her stuff is awesome some of her videos are just like whoa you know um, so I watch them again and again because they're so good uh, and you know so so there's a ton of MGTOW videos I've gotten stuff from but I think you're probably if you're listening to this now you're probably listening to MGTOW videos so just keep looking uh, for different ones I listen to Howard Dare I like him uh, there's there's quite a few I've listened to over time and I've gotten bored of them or whatever so I just keep looking for new uh, new ways new new voices and new episodes because maybe one episode is not great but the other one can be epic right or there might be one sentence in there that's really good right so what did I learn who else did I learn from okay on uh, on the east exit of Shinjuku station right in, in Tokyo there's a little walking street Right, and if you ever go there, you'll you'll definitely walk down the street. Uh, very cool, and a little shopping street. And uh, like Tokyo's always got tons of cool stuff. But that street, it used to be before they outlawed it. It was the it was the number one place to pick up a porn art porn star a woman who's going to be an actor in porn movies. It was the number one that street. It's only about a, about less than a hundred meters long, or maybe a hundred meters. But that little hundred meter street produced more porn than the United States. There was more porn that came out of that street than there was out of the whole United States with you know over double the population, you know 10 million times the size. Uh, but Japan, Japanese porn is just prolific. And that street is where the, the, the touts, the guys who would you know talk to the girls would bring in girls. So girls would be shopping and they'd come up to them and say, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, hey, would you like to do this? Would you like to be in a movie? Yeah, we're just gonna, you know, just gonna like you have to be friendly, kiss, and this and that. You know, they would, they would, they would kind of like start slow, and they would, you know, build up and bring the girls in, right? And they were very good. And I was at the time. This was probably like yeah, early '90s. I was watching these uh, Japanese touts uh, approach women, and that's what they did. They were fucking hardcore. They would go straight up to the women, and they're trying to get them into a porn movie, right? So that's that's like more serious than just boning them, right? That's that's like way up there, right? So these guys had, uh, and they were talented. These guys, I, I think, I think the Japanese tout industry is probably hundreds of years old because watching these guys, it was like watching, it was kind of like watching. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen. There's a there's some shrimp that evolved at the bottom of the ocean, and they evolved uh, next to a um, deep, deep in the ocean, way too deep for regular shrimp. Because there's no sunlight and no 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 um, uh, nothing to eat down there that deep. But the thing is, these shrimp actually live off of um, a, a fissure in the bottom of the ocean that that is like heat heated water comes out from the basically from the Earth's mantle, right? And so they have somehow learned they evolved down there because there's no way they could have swam down there. This is the bottom of the ocean. They look like shrimp, except they're completely clear. They're see-through. And they evolved uh, separately. There's a few situations in, in, in the world like that. There was another one where there was some uh, bugs that evolved inside of a cave that had been closed for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. And they found, you know, scientists have found uh, the same thing, like fish or whatever, but evolved in a whole new environment. That's the way I look at the Japanese touts. These guys had no access to English information. They didn't speak English. They didn't read people. They didn't know anything about it. It was pre-internet. 
they had their own Japanese, very like strong traditions in pickup. And it was really cool to watch. And I remember living there and like I was, you know, the Western PUA thing was starting. And I remember watching the videos. And I remember thinking I'd go down and watch the Japanese guys. And they were hardcore, the Japanese guys, man. They were very physical. They would just come right in, boom, touching them, high five, you know, just like all over them, grabbing them by the waist, walking with them, you know, joking with them, poking them, doing all kinds of stuff, right? And and, and then getting them to go with them, right? And uh, I was blown away. And I remember the weird feeling, like, it's almost like this Western imperialism, not imperialism, but it's, it's, it's this kind of inability to see other cultures, you know, because I never had anybody else, I never heard anybody else say, I swear to God, I never heard one guy say that he learned from those guys who lived in Japan. I never, and they saw them, they knew they were picking up girls, they knew they were good. Anybody with half a brain watched these guys, they were very good. I was the only guy who was watching them and studying them and talking to them, because I was like, man, these guys are good. These Japanese guys, they got it going on. Like they, they got it. And not only was it, what was interesting for me was that not only did they have it going on, but they also had a very unique take on everything. And so that's the picture you're looking at uh, in this uh, video is Japanese hosts. Now these guys, these motherfuckers, they had two types, right? There was basically ho touts for the porn industry and there was also touts for the host industry. So in this picture you're looking at here, this is a host club. So that those girls in the back, they're paying those guys thousands of dollars to drink with them. And I've been around host clubs a lot. I lived in a building with all hosts. And, and uh, you know, I remember like in the morning seeing these guys like be, <laughs> have these girls like standing on the street, like basically like I, I speak Japanese so I could understand them. They'd be like, the girl's like, aren't you going to take me home? You know, after she had spent all this money on the guy all night, taking him drinking and eating and everything. And this girl was hot. I'm not kidding. This girl was a fucking angel. I mean, really, this girl was so hot. Like, it was just like, my mind was melting. Yeah, but here she is, like, begging this guy to take her home. And, he, and he's like, he, like, blew her off. <laughs> he was like, he was like, I don't remember. I couldn't hear what he said, but it was kind of like, I heard what she said because she was facing me. And it was like early in the morning. It was like five in the morning. Oh, I, that's right. I was taking, I was, I was taking an airplane that day. That's why I was up so early. I never get up that early. Uh, but it was like early morning, sun had just come up, sun just coming up, and I heard them, and he just basically like, like in some Western movie, the guy just turns and walks away, right? <laughs> he was like, not tonight, too tired, or something like that, basically. And she was like, looking over these big eyes, you know, she had spent all this money all night, you know. But he's like, ah, no, another time, babe. <laughs> you know, it's awesome, right? Watching these guys, they were good, right? You got to open your mind. If you want to be really good, if you want to be like a really interesting guy, who keeps improving himself you, you got to open your mind you got to watch these guys um, and watch different guys different people how they live how they deal with shit right um, I remember one thing another thing I watched a lot was African guys in Tokyo they were very very physical too uh, they almost had physical game uh, and like there's a lot of Nigerians uh, and in Tokyo uh, and you would watch them do their pickup and it was completely different than the Japanese guys. Although they had kind of parts of Japanese, they were more closer to the Japanese guys because some of these guys didn't even speak English. They just spoke whatever they spoke back home and then Japanese, they spoke Japanese well often because they worked in restaurants and they worked in, you know, they didn't, they, they, were, they weren't like expats. These guys were like poor as hell, uh, but the, they, were, they were pretty good at pickup too. Uh, I would say that, that who is better? Was the Africans better? Uh, the expats or the Japanese guys who is better at pickup it really depends because it 
meeting girls in the end is is like what they choose. So you can be as good as you want, and it does help. It definitely helps. You can really up your game, and you should in life. But at the end, it's who girls choose. So I'm not going to say which one was better, more successful, but everybody had their had their skills, and uh, you're better off as a MGTOW, as a guy, as a man, learning from everybody, right? Um, what did I learn from young guys? I learned a ton from young guys. Uh, you know, teaching young guys, telling young guys stuff, showing young guys about, because I spent a ton of time teaching basically MGTOW philosophy back in the 90s. I, I had those books I was telling you about, Predator for Me, Manipulator Then, Nice Days Don't Get Late. I couldn't get new versions in Tokyo, so I just went to the copy machine and I copied them. And I would, I would put them into a book and I would give them to guys. And then we would read them together. We, we, they would read them and then we'd come and talk about it. Um, and that was like, I learned so much from those guys. I was teaching them, but at the same time, they were teaching me because, you know, they were out there doing stuff. And it taught me that every guy's a little different, right? How, how you are and what you need is different than me, you know? We all have things in common, but there's also things that are unique and that also I, my vision is sometimes fucked up. I can't see things or I can't see things accurately about what I do or what the way the world is. And that's why I got to keep studying. And that's why these young guys who just say, no, I don't agree with that. Like, that's not true. And, and it's like, whoa, you know, this guys, you know. And then, then I, I learn something new. I hear a new perspective. So young guys, uh, hanging out with young guys is, 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 I think it's a great thing to do for, for guys. You know, don't get stuck. You know, I'm 52, like I said, and I, it's easy. I see guys my age who don't hang out with any young people, you know. Uh, they hang out with, you know, basically people their own age. Same music, same this. I say fuck that, totally. I hang out with older guys. I got a good friend who's 65 or 64. Um, another good friend who's 67. And I also hang out quite a bit with guys in their 20s and 30s. And I learned tons from them. So you got to look at different ages if you want to really... I think if you want to have basically like a full life, basically, you know, if, if, if you stick with one group, it's, 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 you know, from the outside, it's so boring. Like you're, you're, you're fucking boring. If you hang out with one group, you know, you just don't learn new stuff. I, I learned so much. I learned so much from, uh, you know, younger friends, man, looking back, I probably learned more from younger friends than from older friends. And that's probably because I, I, I already learned the things that I'm going to learn from those. And guys tend to stop learning very young and they go into this like total blue pill life so you fuck those guys I, there's not that much to learn from them unless it's about business or something like that right but as far as being a man geez i mean most guys sold out totally young there's nothing to learn from them period you know the only thing you can learn from them is you can watch them go through some total tragedy and then you can say oh my gosh that guy was a cool guy and look what happened to him right look what happened to him you know, he lost everything and now he's lost, you know, this cool guy who used to, you know, this and that and look at him now. That's something you can learn from those guys. Look, look at his body. Look at the way shape he's in. Look at his mind. Look at what he's doing every day. Look at the quality of his jokes. Look at the way he dresses. Look at the way he acts. Look at the way he thinks about himself. Look at the things that he thinks he's capable of doing, right? What is he, you know, where is he at, you know? That's like the most damning thing. A lot of older guys, where they're at is absolutely settling with bullshit life, you know? And that's, you know, that's the truth. Most guys, most guys, and, and I mean most, I mean like a very vast majority. I don't know percentages. 
Okay, uh, so let, let's wrap this up. I'll just go with what I learned from, you know, different kinds of people. I learned from naturals. Uh, you know, my friend Chris, uh, he died here in Bangkok. Uh, you know, he got cancer and he overdosed on, on purpose uh, with heroin. And he was one of the most natural, uh, best pickup artists I've ever met in my life. I, I would say probably he was the best. Yeah, Chris... Chris, uh, Too Tall Chris, was the best pickup guy I've ever seen in my life. He was an absolute master. I don't even know where his confidence came from. It was just like, it was like something else. He was so confident. I just can't even, like, that guy, man, fuck. Going out with that guy was a total, like, every day was, my mind was just frying going out with him. And you know what I had to, I had to uh, come, overcome with Chris is I had to overcome what I'm, putting in this video below, uh, Owen from Real Social Dynamics, is I had to overcome the fact that he was better at picking up girls than me and be, and be okay with that. You know what I mean? He was taller than me. He was cooler than me. He was better at picking up girls. He was just smoother. You know, he had all these things, you know, and I suppose I had some things over him and I know that he did look up to me in some ways, but I had to accept that the things I really cared about, he was better than me. And I think that's what you have to get over if you want to grow, you know, you can't just like if, if, if it, it, it's human nature. I just watched the video below of Owen. It's epic. This is a really great video. I, I highly recommend watching this video. Really, I'm serious. Like watch this afterwards. It's so good. And it's not just one thing. The guy Owen just goes through so many awesome things in this video. This has got to be one of his best videos because some of his videos are terrible. Just rants forever. But this one, oh man, this one is like required viewing you know and required learning right and also required growing you know because i always have this challenge it's like can i keep my can i can i al not allow myself to fall into jealousy and holding people back you know can i can i always allow my friends to grow at the level away from me right or whatever they're going to do uh, you know, allow them and encourage them and to find people who are ahead of me. That's what he didn't talk about in this video, but find people who are actually better than me at stuff and to be okay with it and to learn from them and to put myself down where I'm, I am the student and I am learning from this amazing guy, right? Which is not easy. It's not easy for a lot of guys. It's not easy for me. Every time I have to like, it's like a muscle. Every time I have to kind of like pick myself up and say, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to encourage that guy to go and leave and do his thing. I'm going to encourage my friend to get on TV I'm because he has a chance to be on TV. I'm going to encourage him to get out there in this job that I know he's going to get tons and tons of chicks and it's like not fair or whatever. It doesn't matter. He's my friend. I'm going to encourage him to get out there and really, you know, like almost like bathe in the fact that he's going to get out there and have an easy life, you know, with girls and money. You know, it's like these things come up and you have to, if you want to be, if you want to be a good man, if you want to be a real man, you got to allow, you got to not just allow, you have to encourage your friends to like kick ass above you. That's the thing. That's the thing above you. Not in every field, right? But in a lot of fields. And this is what happens. This is the tough part, guys. It isn't easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It might be easy in many ways. But there's going to be a challenge where you're going to have a difficulty with some guy that you're kind of a somewhat, you know, maybe jealous of or, you know, envious of something he has. Maybe he's super wealthy or maybe the guy's, a, you know, an NBA star. 
uh, or he's a movie star. I don't know what, you know, whatever it is for you. It might be some just very handsome guy, right? It might be some guy who, um, who's super smart, has, you know, and just has insane money. You know, th there's all these different things, but how you, how you make your life better is by hanging out with these guys. And, and the only way you can hang out with guys is if you're a good friend. And if you're trying to pull them down, you can't be a good friend. So if you want to have good friends, if you want to have guys who are better than you as friends, who can teach you stuff, who can bring you into new areas of life, they know the difference between, I call them three inches, but somebody who's like a three incher is somebody who's like jealous and kind of holding people back. They know the difference between three inches and, and confident, helpful friends, you know, and you want to be that. You want to be that. If you want to hang out with the kind of guys I'm talking about, you got to be that, right? Uh, what did I learn from PUAs? PUAs taught me so much, like I said before. Oh, man, so much. Uh, the video below is a perfect example. Um, I had, I, I can tell you this, I had difficulty studying PUA because um, I'm, I would say I'm a bit of a natural, where I, easy to meet girls. I had started my sexual experiences very young. And the, you know, the thing is, is like, a lot of guys, they don't have any, you know, I guess, what do you call it? Like, a lot of PUAs, to put it straight, are not that cool guys when they start. And they're learning to be cool guys, right? So if you are a cool guy, just kind of naturally, like, just like, just confident, you just do your thing. It, it, it seems very weird to study these guys who are like naturally not confident, naturally not cool. And they're trying to be cool and they're trying to study to be cool, right? It's not easy for a guy to say, hey, I want to learn from that guy. But what is there to learn from those guys? There's, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn, man. I tell you, there is a shit ton to learn. One of the things is the lack of ego. You know, they're able to accept the fact and to, to admit the fact that they're not good at something, that they're not funny. You know what I mean? That they dress terrible. That they, 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 they present themselves poorly. You know, they're able to like take a videotape of them, say, approaching women and doing terrible and getting blown off and then playing it to their friends and saying, hey, what did I do wrong? You got any ideas? You know, they have that the guts. They have the guts. PUAs have the guts to get in there and try to confront something that is like, in a sense, is kind of like the most embarrassing thing. The, the inability of a man to get a female partner. There can't be anything more closer to the male, you know, psyche than that, right? You know, the, the be, not being enough of a man for the woman, right? Jeez, I mean, these are heavy things, right? PUAs, man, they're just like, hey, you know, I'm not good at this and I want to learn. You know, I'm good at that. I'm not good at this. And I want to learn from guys who are good at it. And I admit it. And I'm not good at this. And they look at themselves super honestly. So when they finish, when PUAs, they go out, when they first start going out, they come back at night and they take notes. They say, uh, did this, did this. Here was the result. Here's what she said. Uh, approach this girl. You know, instead of like most people, what they do, just kind of like compulsive gamblers, you ask them, hey, did you, did you win today? They'll say, oh, yeah, I'm ahead, I'm ahead. And then you wonder why they always don't have any money. It's because they're losing, and they're just telling you about one time that they, they bet and they won. Most guys are like that with women. They get one girl or they whatever, and they're confident that, hey, I'm, I'm the man. You know, I'm good with girls. And they don't even look at the fact that every single time they go out, they don't approach anybody. They're like a fucking drone out there staring at people, not talking to anybody, not doing anything. And they don't even want to look at guys who are doing stuff because that would make them look embarrassed. That would make them look bad. You know, they're going to uncool clubs, wearing uncool clothes with uncool friends and not talking to anybody and just sitting there sipping their, their beer like an idiot 
or they're in McDonald's or they're in a restaurant and they're not talking to any girls. They're not getting any phone numbers. They're not pulling any girls out of there. They're not making any new girlfriends. They're not having a good time. They're not being social. And they somehow don't want to even look at people who are doing that because it's just too scary. It's like, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm not good enough? What if I can't change? What if they know about me? You know, it's like there's a lot of fear, right? And and that's the thing is somebody who studies something like this, uh, MGTOW, PUA, um, MRA, you know, th- th- this is like serious shit. And I would say this is the one thing I see in MGTOW that I don't like is that a lot of guys don't try to improve themselves. So what I mean is a woman's reaction depends on who you are, okay? So, and I don't mean like who you are, your DNA. I mean like how you're acting, the way you act, the way you be, your, your being, right? So if you watch this video, uh, Owen, like I said at the bottom, Owen goes out there and, and, he, and he talks to girls in a confident way and he just kills it. And then he takes down his charisma, takes down his voice, takes down his dominance, and then he gets also owned. So, you know, like that, that is just like fucking what a lesson. What a fucking lesson, right? And, you know, <laughs> I just was blown away because it's, it's one thing to be like a not very good woman, not very confident, and then to learn to be good, but then to go out and then to go back to being unconfident on purpose to record girls basically tearing you a new asshole. That's just so ballsy. I love it. I love it. I freaking love it. This is the kind of shit I just love. I love to watch, right? Uh, let's see. So, yeah. So, that, that's about it. I went to my mentor, Don. I went to, if you go back to my mentorship uh, video, you'll learn all about that. Uh, but there's go. There I go. Uh, there you go. Uh, like, learn from as many things as you can. Uh, movie scenes, last thing. I was going to mention some movie scenes, but I think um, just search uh, MGTOW movie scenes and on Reddit, there's a ton of like different scenes you can watch and all those scenes will teach you something valuable. Uh, They will all teach you something, They'll show you something, right? But I think more important than that, I I would watch those because they're short and they're worthwhile, but more important than that is is to pay attention to women, what they say, you know, and I'll just say one last thing. I met this woman on Friday night and she was talking to her friend and she said, she basically, what she basically did was she stole her husband, she divorced her husband, right? And he had some valuable thing. She didn't say what it was, something super valuable. And she had not given it back to him. And the courts had obviously given him half her money and all this stuff. But there was this one thing that she was supposed to give back to him. That was like by law, she has to give it back to him. So he was flying into town and he was going to get that thing and then leave. And she was telling her friend, I already, uh, you know, sold it, you know, for drugs or something. So she had basically got rid of this one thing that she's supposed to give back to the guy. And this valuable thing, she had sold it for drugs, right? So when I heard her say that, you know, I was observing her from a MGTOW perspective. And I was just like totally non-judgmental, just listening to her. And then she said basically like, uh, she started justifying it right away. She said, you know, I was supposed to like do this. So I have to like, when he comes into town, I'm going to have to face it with him. And then maybe eventually pay him back, she said, right? Maybe eventually, right? If you're a, a debt collector, you know the words maybe and eventually mean that you're not going to get paid, right? That's that's what maybe eventually means, uh, especially uh, coming from a woman in this case where she sold it for drugs. I mean, maybe eventually, yeah, okay, right. She's definitely going to pay him back, right? <laughs> She's not, right? So what did I learn from that? I watched her face and then she started to say after that, she started to say like things like, um, 
he, uh, let's see, I was in a tough time in my life. You know, uh, I was, uh, you know, I was confused. It was tough. Uh, the whole thing was tough. Uh, you know, we were in China, she said. They, I guess they lived in China or something. And, you know, I was listening to this thing and I was just going, I was just going, man, no, taking no responsibility, right? So you can also learn from just watching women talk, you know, just watch women talk in real life and then just take a snapshot. Maybe you can even record it with audio recorder and then go back and listen to it and think about it. Think about it. So, so even better than movies is like real life movie scenes, right? And that was an epic one there. And then there was another woman listening, right? She was listening. And then she was just like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. it was a tough time. Uh, the one thing you have to give back to me, you're not going to give back to me. Sold it. Okay. All right. Yeah. They were kind of like, all the women were kind of like, yeah, yeah. Instead of like, actually, there was more than one woman. Yeah. But instead of like people going, what the fuck is wrong with you, bitch? You, you got all his money or most of his money. And then you can't even give him back the one thing that he is supposed to get back. I don't know what it was, you know. But it's like this one thing you can't even like just give it back to him. You know, you have to like go and sell the thing. You know, like it's like, you know, the, the, the women, nobody called her on it. Nobody even, they just kind of looked like women, men just take it in the ass. You know, that's basically what it was the look. It's like, yeah, he's just going to have to take it in the ass, you know, because everybody, all those women knew that he was not going to sue her, you know, because that's what he could do because that was in the contract, right? The, the, the divorce contract. He could sue her and force her to pay but the chances of that, as we all knew, listening to the story, were freaking zero. The guy's gonna just bite the bullet, try to like make the best he can of his life, and just move the fuck on. Because if he sued her, all of a sudden, all the manginas, everything's gonna jump out of the fucking closet saying, oh, you know, you're, what are you doing, this poor woman? You know, you know, she was a drug addict. You know, it's like, hey, we're all, we all have problems, right? We all go through shit. And we have to make amends for the shit we did, right? Especially something like this, right? When you already got a bunch of money, so she had money to do whatever she needed to do, right? So she could have just taken the money that he had given her, go buy the thing that whatever it was and just give it back to him, right? Or start paying him back with his own money, right? Tell him, hey, she could have done this. She could have said that one of the women could have said, hey, isn't he paying you alimony? And why don't you just tell him like, uh, don't pay for however many months uh, you know, uh, that that thing costs, right? Whatever he's paying her over $1,000 a month, you know, don't pay for like, if it's $100,000, don't pay for 100 months, right? Okay, there, there's like two years, right? 100 months, right? So, no, <laughs> nobody thought of that. Nobody said that. Nobody even thought that. Everybody was like, he's going to take it in the ass. She got all his money and she got whatever that valuable thing was. And nobody even thought to say anything. So, these are the things in life you can learn from the most. And so if you have any ideas like that, if you see things in life, comment below. I'd love to hear it because this is, this is the kind of shit that this is like learning in real life. This is more important than books. This is like learning from your mom, learning from your sister, learning from your wife, learning from your girlfriend, learning from, you know, that, that sweet girl that works at Starbucks that you thought was such an angel and turns out she's a total cunt and you have a difficult time accepting that, right? You know, you have to accept reality here, right? That's what we do. We accept reality about the world. We accept reality about ourselves. You know, that's what I do. That's what I try to do every single day. That actually is my, like, one of my main focuses, finding truth. I want to find truth, find truth about the world, find truth about myself, and then accept that truth, even if it sounds really harsh. You know, it doesn't sound like something I want to accept. It's like, it's true. Okay. 
How can I integrate this? How can I not run away from this? What, what, what other options have I not thought of that would keep me from being despondent about this thing? And there's always something. There, if you look on, there's always something. There's like, well, maybe life doesn't have any meaning because there's no God. Uh, but, you know, have you thought about, you know, doing yoga on the, on the top of a mountain? Have you thought about feeling, you know, the world from a different perspective and enjoying? Have you thought about studying uh, science and biology and watching plants from a different perspective? From, you know, from not just from looking at them from the outside, but from the inside. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And there's other things that can give your life meaning. If you just look for it, if you run away from it, you say, oh, no meaning, oh, then life is terrible. I can't do that. I can't think that. No, you can think that because reality is the best drug there is. Reality is the number one drug. I recommend it to everybody. Reality is awesome because in the end, you live a very light life. Like that movie, The Unbearable Lightness of Being. You know, you just, you're so light because you're not covering anything up. You're not running away from anything. You know, you just got it like, it's just clean, man. It's just clean. And you're open to change too. So you're not like set in your ways, right? So that's my take on uh, learning and life in general. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you uh, have time, please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Share this with your friends. If you like this uh, Roni Man podcast, I've been working hard on this. My camera, my phone got stolen, so I'm using audio again. But I'll go back to video when I get uh, the Galaxy S8 when it comes out. So thanks, thank you very much. And I really appreciate uh, this community. So thank you for being part of it. Yep, take it easy.